Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Kia and a big warm radioactive welcome to episode 67 of Elemental from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance. And I'm Alan Blackman from the Auckland University of Technology. And I'm pleased to see Alison radiating such excitement about today's <laughs> chemical element, which is radon. And not surprisingly, given its name, named after the previous episode of Elemental, which was radium. Ta-da, and... of course. <laughs> <laughs> so radon wasn't its name all the time. It's actually had a few, as we will um, see, but it was originally called radium emanation. And this happens to be one of the few elements which is, in fact, named for another element. And another pair that spring to mind in that respect are actinium and protactinium. And, of course, protactinium was the last episode but one. They're all jammed together. Vital particulars, please. Okay, elemental symbol RN and atomic number 86, and that puts it down in the bottom right-hand corner, pretty much right at the bottom of group 18 of the elements. And the great thing about radon, which probably not a lot of New Zealanders know, is that it was discovered by a Kiwi. Ta-da! Brilliant. I know. Can I take uh, it that that's our famous Kiwi chemist? That would be the one, yes, yes. yes. Oh, there's there's, there's, there's a few more, but he's the really famous one. But if you do an internet search on this particular topic of the uh, discovery of radon, you will see many sites that say that Friedrich Dorn in 1900 was the guy who originally discovered it. But our very own Ernest Rutherford first discovered the element shortly prior to this in 1899. The way that he found this, again, it was a triumph of observation, I guess. He found an emanation, quote-unquote, from thorium, and he showed this to be a radioactive gaseous element, and, as I said, he actually named this then emanation. Emanation. Emanation, mm, yes. Curious. And, but, in fact, three isotopes of the element were discovered in quick succession, and they were each given different names. So radon-222 was called radon, and that's derived from radium. Radon-220 was called thoron, which was named after thorium. And radon-219 was named actinon from actinium. And it gets those funny names because uh, they are the parent isotopes which then decay to give you these particular radon isotopes. So, one element, three names. But in 1931, IUPAC, the International Union of Pure and Applied Chemists, accepted Rutherford's name emanation to cover all of these. And it even had the chemical symbol EM. But despite this... People kept calling it radon, and that was the name most used, and today is the official name. However, radon-220 is still called thoron by some. You'll see it in the literature even today. Kind of in the same way that the H2 isotope, the heavy isotope of hydrogen, or one of the heavy isotopes of hydrogen, is called deuterium. 
Well, I might just stick to calling it radon. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we've established pretty well that radon is radioactive. Uh, What other features does it have? Okay, so it is a colourless, noble gas, again, Group 18. Interestingly, its longest-lived isotope has a half-life of only 3.8 days, which means that any sample of radon is pretty much all gone in around about five and a half weeks. So it gets formed from the decay of uranium and thorium, so it's part of the decay chain of uh, those two particular elements, actinium as well, but that's less important. And so what you find generally is that you get radon being found near deposits of both uranium and thorium. Now, this is a bit of a problem because they are sort of quite widely dispersed elements, particularly sort of uh, in stone. And so if you live in a stone house, you can be at risk from radon, this radioactive gas, because it can escape from the rocks that you made your house out of when it gets formed by radioactive decay. And then... It's a very, very heavy gas, got a very high atomic weight, and it does tend to lodge, therefore, in the basements of houses. <laughs> and ironically, the better insulated your house is, the greater the risk, because there is less air movement. And so, and this surprised me when I lived in the States for a while, you go to a supermarket in the States and you will see radon detector kits in supermarkets. Oh, good Lord. Obviously, radon in your house is a bad thing, so why is radon gas so bad for us? Well, just as radon itself is the immediate decay product of radium, uh, radon also has a whole lot of what are called radon daughter isotopes. So, for example, radon-222 decays to various short-lived isotopes of uh, the elements polonium, lead, and bismuth, and eventually ends up uh, finally as lead. Now, these are all solids, which are formed from this gaseous radon, and the danger then comes from the fact that you inhale the radon into your lungs, the radioactive radon undergoes decay while it's in your lungs and then precipitates these solid elements. They get lodged in your lungs, they're radioactive, and it's not good. Sounding pretty undesirable so far. Can we offer anything (laughs) positive about radon? Well, yes and no. And this is a very interesting story. So radon may actually be used for good, but the jury is still out. So it's been claimed by more than one person, in fact, that significant amounts of radon are expelled from the ground immediately prior to earthquakes. And so therefore, this could potentially be used as an earthquake predictor. Now, the most famous example of this was the L'Aquila earthquake in Italy in 2009. So there was a scientific technician there by the name of Giampaolo Guiliani, forgive my Italian, uh, and he had set up a number of what he called radometers around the town, And he found rising radon emissions, uh, which occurred prior to the 6.3 magnitude earthquake that killed 309 people. And so he went sort of around the place saying, look, you know, there could be an earthquake coming, etc., etc. And unfortunately, his warnings were ignored. And uh, he was accused by the authorities of spreading alarm. And the earthquake then obviously happened. Now, there was a similar radon anomaly observed again in this time in South Korea, immediately prior to the magnitude 9 earthquake in Japan that led to the Fukushima nuclear accident and the big tsunami over there. So, you know, there might be something to this, and, you know, people are studying this and seeing if it could be potentially used as a predictor. Now, a very, very interesting side story to all of this is that an Italian court jailed six scientists for six years following the L'Aquila earthquake for not predicting it. Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully... 
sanity returned and this was overturned on appeal. I was very pleased when um, they got off. They should never have been charged in the first place. Anyway, (laughs) interesting fact, going back to radon, please. Okay, so early 20th century folk loved the idea of radioactivity. Remember, this was a new thing. Mm. And um, all sorts of health benefits were touted for it. So we had natural radon spas being quite the thing in Europe, also in Japan and North America. And so some people, (laughs) quick to make a buck, they started bottling and selling what they called radon water. And now obviously this isn't really going to work. I remember the half-life of 3.8 days, so obviously the critics pointed out that this was a bit of a rip-off as its radioactivity (laughs) decayed so quickly, so it was pretty much all gone by the time it met the consumer. The next version of this was a water cooler produced by the Radium Ore Revigator Company. (laughs) And um, this was lined with a mineral called carnotite, and that is a uranium-containing mineral, and ultimately uh, you get decay to radon gas. And this ensured, unfortunately for those who imbibed it, water that was thoroughly infused with radioactive radon. Now, obviously, sales did start to drop once the dangers of radiation became better known. Fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Elemental. Reminding us of previous chemical misconceptions. And making me feel very happy that I live in New Zealand where radon in the basement and radon detectors in supermarkets aren't a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. And if you would like to listen to further episodes of Elemental, you can find us at rnz.co.nz forward slash chemistry. We are also a podcast and you can subscribe on your favourite app. If you're able to rate and review us, that would be much appreciated. We're back next time with more rip-roaring chemistry and the element rhenium. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Alison Balance. And from me, Alan Blackman. Matewa. Thank <laughs> you.